Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host Jared. And I'm Edwina. And today we're continuing a Once More with Feeling series, our Buffy the Vampire series. And today we're doing Season 1, Episode 11, Out of Sight, Out of Mind. Uh, actually, Jared, that what? it's actually Out of Mind, Out of Sight. It's actually a play on... It's actually a play on the saying out of sight, out of mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, you're right. I just, yeah, I checked it. Yeah, out <laughs> of mind, no, out every, of sight. Yeah, everyone says it the wrong way. Ah. It's And even, you, I think it's something your mind corrects it when you read it. Oh, I could see <laughs> that. Yeah, out of mind. Well, yeah, it's kind of the same. It's just, you know, rearranged a little bit, out of mind, out of sight, you know. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, the saying, so you... Just say it out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind, which was released on the. But it's actually out of mind, out of sight. <laughs> Sorry. Out of mind, out of sight. That was released on the nineteenth of May, nineteen ninety-seven. Written by Ashley Gable, Thomas A. Swindon, and directed by Reza Buddy. Um, yes, out of mind, out of sight. Eddie, your initial thoughts on revisiting this episode? Um, you know what? Yeah, this is. This is the invisible person trope. The invisible man. Yes, this is. This <laughs> We're just is, ticking these off, aren't we? Uh? Yeah, this is his. Uh, what do you call them? Those old monster. You know, the invisible man. Oh, the what do you call them? The the, the Hollywood. No, what are the Hollywood or the no yeah. the um yeah you know, the ones of the nineteen thirties. The Mummy, the 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 Dracula and Wolfman. Um, Oh, yeah, what do you call them again? they're the, going to do like the dark universe. The dark verse, yes, <laughs> dark yes. We almost had of, that, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is your invisible person one. Person, yes, it was a girl. Yes. Um, and it's not the la- It's not the last time you'll see this being used in the show as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so it is a Monster of the Week episode, but there is a B plot that does actually deal with the season arc and with Angel and the Codex. Oh yeah, they briefly mentioned that in the in the library, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a blink and you'll miss it <laughs> sort of B plot, but kind of you know it's nice and convenient because it brings Angel into it to save them, kind of at that. Yeah, he was just point, hanging around yeah. there and thought, oh, I think this, I can hear someone struggling. I might go save them. <laughs> oh no, it was like, came in through underground and I could smell the gas. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did you want to do the synopsis? All right, we'll get straight into the synopsis then. This episode starts with Cordelia talking excitedly about the May Queen competition when Buffy bumps into her, spilling various weapons onto the floor. Buffy makes an excuse about borrowing her from Giles for a history project, and Cordelia is mean to her. In English class, Cordelia mentions in The Merchant of Venice, Shylock is self-involved and whiny. In the boys' locker room, Cordelia's boyfriend is attacked by an invisible assailant with a baseball bat and taken to the hospital. Buffy enters the boys' locker room and finds the words look spray-painted on the lockers. One of Cordelia's friends, Harmony, is pushed down the stairs by an invisible force. The gang disperse, Buffy follows the sound of a flute. Looking over Willow's list of missing kids, Buffy suspects Marcy, which he sees she played the flute. Buffy finds Marcy's hideout and Marcy's yearbook. Marcy finds Mrs. Miller, Cordelia's English teacher, and suffocates her with a plastic bag. Cordelia arrives a short while afterwards and saves Mrs. Miller. An invisible hand writes, listen, on the blackboard. In a flashback, Marcy is sitting in an English class as she attempts to answer a question posed by the teacher and is looked over in favour of her classmates. Her hand then starts to fade away. Giles realises that Marcy did not willingly become invisible, but was made invisible due to the people never noticing her existence. As I think back to Harmony and Mitch, 
and flick through Marcy's yearbook, they find Cordelia's picture horribly defaced. They realise that Marcy is after Cordelia, whom she resented for consistently being the centre of attention. Suddenly, the latter walks into the library asking Buffy for protection. They explain to Cordelia who is after her and decide to use her as bait and to have Buffy bodyguard her. Marcy lures Willow, Xander and Giles into the boiler room with a recorded flute music where she closes the door and opens a gas. She then grabs Cordelia as she is changing. Marcy surprises Buffy and injects her with a sedative that renders her unconscious. Buffy and Cordelia wake up. They are tied to some chairs. They see the word learn written on a curtain and Marcy says that Cordelia is lessened or will be after Marcy surgically disfigures her. Buffy frees herself from the ropes, pushes Marcy into a curtain before knocking her out. Then two mysterious FBI agents arrive and haul Marcy away. Cordelia later thanks Buffy for saving her, but quickly falls back into her being Queen Bee. Marcy is taken to a school of invisible students. She sits down in the class and opens a textbook called Assassination and Infiltration, of which she approves. The end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of this one? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone, as you know, I'm a big fan of Buffy and Jared has never watched the entire series all the way through. Had you seen this episode? No, this is another one I haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, you pretty much haven't seen any of the first season, have Probably you? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't start dating until like 2000, so you're probably up to a season like you're only up to yeah, about season four or five, have, I think. So. Dude, I still have rewatched these a lot yeah, over the years. Yeah, I'm surprised. I kind of them. I'm surprised you haven't seen it at some point. Though I normally get through the the early season pretty quickly. Yeah, as you say, you usually don't watch these ones, so. Um, I guess. No, I do watch. I watch most of the first season. There's like maybe two episodes I don't watch. Right. Yeah. Which is, well, actually, most of the time I just don't watch Teacher's Pet. (laughs) Just that one, huh? Just that one. And then I kind of forget sometimes that, like, I always think the puppet show is much worse. And then I watch it and go, oh, actually, it's not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) And the same with Nightmares. Actually, Mm -hmm. it was pretty much all of the first season. I'm like, "Eh, it's actually all not that bad. It's just Teacher's Pet is super duper bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, so this is, uh, you know, going back to, you know, the allegory of high school is hell, um, you know, the pact kind of deal dealt with this, like a similar theme. Mm. Um, only this one probably deals a bit more with, um, isolation and loneliness, I suppose. Mm, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't noticed, if there's a a classroom scene, like a lecture or something at the start of the episode, it always relates the- thematically to the episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's all tied in. It would tie in somehow towards the end or be a theme Yes. of uh, what the show's episode's going to be about. Yes, and as you said, they're discussion- discussing the Merchant of Venice. <laughs> yes, the Merchant of Venice. So it- uh, did we start with that. Oh wait, hang on. Just before you get into that, just um, just what I sort of noticed at the start when I talk about uh, Cordelia being the queen bee or the the, the bee queen or what was queen, it? Queen bee. The queen. No, she's going to be the prom queen thing. Or oh the, no, she's the May queen. The May queen. So this is one of these American culture things that just really flies over my head when I see these high school uh, shows, and it comes up a lot, like homecoming and and stuff like that. I have no idea what that stuff means. Uh, do you? 
Do you know what that means, what homecoming means? Mm, I know homecoming generally it's a dance and there's like a a football game and everyone's supposed to return, like old alumni return to the schools. Oh, really? Like kids that have graduated previously? Yeah, so they they come back to watch the game and then there's like a dance, I think. Oh, okay. So, no, that's homecoming. Um, Prom, I think, is just your end of year Kind of well, your, grad- graduate, gradu- uh, your graduation from high school, is that the prom or is that just at the end of the year? I don't know. Or the I th- dance? I thought it was sort of your end of year. Okay, so I oh, so have one. Oh, uh, from- yeah. Well, I don't know because then you hear them, there's like your senior prom and… Yeah, the senior prom and then the… Yeah, yeah. Yeah, junior prom. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know These high school sort these. of… Uh, American high school things just really fly over my the head, these celebrations that they have and uh, I hear them a lot and uh, I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe someone could tell me in the comments or something. What, what, you know, what the homecoming and and junior prom. So what's junior high? Is that? What? Well, it don't, they break up their high schools, don't they? Oh, do they still do that? Or is that just? I thought they used any. I don't know. Is that they have like year seven and eight separate from the high school or something like I, that? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I only knew that from Degrassi. Degrassi Junior, junior High. Yeah. I'm <laughs> only going off that. So that was Canada, though. That's so Canada. So, so I don't they, know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Someone cleared it up for us. Thank you. Uh, all right. So moving on to the Vince, uh, the Merchant of Venice. So uh, yeah, it was mentioned at the start and does sort of play out throughout the whole episode. The whole story is basically an allegory for this in some ways as well yeah, because she was much. the outcast. But you're meant to feel pity for her, but you don't in a way. Is that sort of is that sort of the gist of the yeah, Ver- yeah. Of the Merchant of Venice? Like she, you, you feel sorry for her, but then she's attacking these people. It's like well. Yeah. Yeah, and the like, teacher like for she, not for not um for not picking her when she had her hand up. I mean, oh really? That pissed yeah. you off? I never put my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the answer. <laughs> Actually, and then there were sometimes I wished I was invisible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so talking about the the merchant of Venice. So, so I don't know much about the story. I'm not going to do a synopsis on that. But can you no, give like a, a five oh, second? It's, it's, <laughs> five second. It's hard because I think I studied this in like year nine high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently Shylock is after his pound of flesh for a lo- like there's a loan, but Shylock thinks he's been he thinks he's been wronged by another guy. I, can't, I think his name was Antonio. Yeah, think he's been wronged by Antonio, who is quite wealthy. Kind of, you know, kind of like he's generally a good guy. Um, Who's Shylock or, or Antonio? Antonio. Antonio's a good, sort of the good guy. Well, yeah, he's generally a good guy, but he's rich and he um, he gives money, he lends money out to people and, and doesn't do like charge interest or anything. So Shylock has to charge really low rates because of this. Um, so he feels like he's been wronged. In oh, wait. Way. So he's competing with this Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he, I thought he was borrowing money to him. No, okay. No, no, right. no. So he, he competes with him as a loan. But then there's as a loan. someone else that comes into it who borrows money from Shylock. And if he doesn't, and it's for this other guy, and if he doesn't pay back the loan by a certain date, uh, he gets a pound of Antonio's flesh. He gets to cut off a pound of his flesh. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's all these circumstances that happened and he misses the date that um, he needs to pay the loan back by, but he mm-hmm. offers him double the amount of the loan and Shylock refuses it. 
Right. <laughs> so he, want- he wants his pound of flesh. Okay. Is that is that kind of a notoriety thing? Like he wants to be known that oh you don't pay this guy back, you know, you it's Yeah, and it, so he doesn't want to be seen as weak to other people saying, Well, if you don't pay him back, it's okay, he won't do anything to you. But you know, you were to get around that he demand even though he was late and gave him made up for it the next time or whatever, he wanted his pound of flesh. Is that is that sort of yeah, I, I think so. But yeah, as I said, we're not really here to discuss. No, I suppose we're getting sidetracked here. But but it go, it, go, it ties tie into the story because you know she's yeah. Mace, you know Marcy. She's after a plant pound of flesh, but no one really wronged her. Like I don't know, like a few kids. Well, I suppose ignoring ignoring someone is actually really harsh bullying. Um, but obviously, the teacher wasn't harsh bullying her. She was just I don't know, just didn't see her or, you know, pick someone else. I mean, and, she, and she's going to, you know, attempt, you know, almost kill her for that, which is. Yeah. And what did, what did, um, what did uh, Cordelia's boyfriend do? Or was that just to get back at Cordelia? It had, it all revolved around Cordelia. Right. Okay. Oh, because the teacher favoured her over Cordelia. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you do kind of see that Cordelia is actually quite a bit smarter and perhaps has a little bit more depth to her in this mm, episode. Mm. Yeah, not yeah. just a pretty face. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Cordelia. Um, uh, oh, uh, could I just mention um, that the girl, the character Marcy uh, played a flute at band camp? <laughs> that, that was mentioned in the movie. <laughs> I think Willow actually said that, oh, she played a flute at band camp. Uh, in the band. She said the word band camp. I'm sure she said band camp. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch it. I thought she just, her only extracurricular was band. band or it was camp. the marching band or something. Yeah, where she played the flute. And, uh, and she's also played by Clea Duvall. Yes, a young Clea Duvall who has gone on to act in a lot of different uh, projects. She has then. literally been in everything. 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 Uh, you name, just name something off the top uh, of your head. Law and Order. All of them. CSIs. All of them. <laughs> Friends? Uh, no, no sitcoms, only oh, dramas. Okay, dramas, only dramas. dramas. Sorry, she's been in every single what's drama. The, what's the chaser or the or the finder or the the, the closer? No, I don't think she was in the that. The closer, no. No, no. no, I think you're right with that one. But, oh. you know, but she was in ER. She's, um, and most recently, uh, you probably would have seen her in The Handmaid Tales. Oh, really? Oh, well, who is she in that? Uh, she's Emily's wife. Uh, who's Emily? <laughs> <laughs> the girl from Gil- Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Rory from oh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. <laughs> um, and But the funny thing is is that she's in the movie She's All That. Mm-hmm. Um, and she plays a really mean girl. Oh, really? Oh, all <laughs> the tables have turned. <laughs> Yes. Very versatile, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can be the one who's picked on and the one to to pick on. Cordelia does represent Buffy's shadow self and the path not taken and the person that she used to be. And you could kind of see in this episode that she sort of missed her old life and kind of wanted it back. And I have I got the feeling in this episode Cordelia does point out that she doesn't have it as easy as you think she hasn't. And she is also incredibly lonely. I know. It's like it's like when she hit that person with her car. 
<laughs> and, uh, and 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 the girl on the bike was uh, only cared about herself and not how, how hard this was on her. Yeah, yeah, she's got <laughs> she's got it so difficult. <laughs> Poor Cordelia. <laughs> oh, we love Cordelia. We do love Cordelia. Um, and it does also start to set up Cordelia as a bit more of a complicated character, and she does develop and grow. Throughout Buffy and Angel, yeah, she's getting less two dimensional as it as the show is progressing. I've noticed. Well, she's sort of it is that thing. Well, she's not just gonna. You get the feeling she's not just gonna be the mean girl the whole time. And the fact that she goes to Buffy for help, like mm. you know, it, it was that thing where you were saying like no, it, everything always seems to just go back to normal and everyone forgets. But I don't think they actually do. Yeah, because <laughs> Cordelia went to her and and Mitch outright. You know, he's in, in on the stretcher. Yeah, telling her everything. Like he's different. on the stretcher telling her absolutely everything. He's like, the bat just hit, like, was, the bat just hit me. Yeah, yeah. I got attacked by a bat. Yeah, like the paramedics, everyone stopped so he could tell Buffy what happened. And then, <laughs> all right, now we'll, we'll go. Yeah. yeah. Just tell Buffy what happened. Yeah, and then he's also really mean to Buffy at the end as well. So, mm. yeah. uh, No death count, no body count in this episode. No one died. Nope, no one died. No, no, the teacher was suffocated, of- but Cordelia saved her. Um, that guy, yeah, the boyfriend survived. Uh, and, oh, and that weird ending, the, um, the, the shipping shipped off to the assassination school. And it never, ever, ever comes up ever again. And it, it probably, you know what, it would have been awesome if they'd bought yeah. I, an, an I think invisible- they do play with that, but it's not directed at that. Because you kind of think, is there any government... Oversight oh, yeah, into yeah. this, no, so no, well, it, maybe it's playing into that something that comes. In, I know something, another plot line that comes up later on. Um, so because you think that the you know in this world, you know, some sort of agency would be aware of these strange phenomena going on. Yeah, yeah, you know, there'd be some record of some of some sort. Yeah, at uh, at least that uh, you know noticing all these strange phenomena happening around Sunnydale. Um. Also, a fair bit of this first season is Buffy accepting her role as the Slayer and letting go of her her past and being, you know, and part of being the Slayer is also isolating for Buffy. And you see this because she still has that kind of newcomer status with um, Xander and Willow where they have like those little in-jokes. Yeah, when she's not involved in it and she's kind of standing there going, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you sort of feel for her a little bit. And, yeah, you could kind of see that she's still struggling a bit mm. with, you know, being the slayer Yeah, and the responsibilities of it. Mm. Yeah, um, on another little side note, you know that book she – uh, the, the assassination book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's actually the lyrics to the Beatles' White Album and Happiness, Happiness is a, is a Warm, warm Gun. gun. <laughs> <laughs> nice little bit of trivia in that one, isn't there? Yeah. Someone, wrote, someone wrote that. We're going to have some words written on this. How about just the lyrics from a Beatles song? How about that? Okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, they, they do like the Beatles in. in oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the first reference I've noticed. Mm hmm. There might be a few more. <laughs> oh, maybe I, might, I missed them. So have you? So I'll ask: Have you ever felt invisible? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> or unheard? Like people aren't listening you to mean, you? Or? Oh, I mean, I suppose there's or been like, situations where yeah, you're trying to get someone's attention and they can't see you, but never actually physically invisible. No, yeah. no, no, never felt that. 
I don't know. I feel like that all the time. Oh, oh baby, come on. <laughs> um, Willow was wearing the Scooby Doo uh, T-shirt, yep, yep. and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar had the Daphne sort of scarf thing happening as well. <laughs> Did she? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even notice. Yeah, that. yeah, I noticed that. So you know, playing on the fact that she would actually go on to play Daphne. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tying into the Scoobs. I notice everything. <laughs> oh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar would also team up with Clea Duvall in uh, The Grudge oh, movie. Okay. I don't think I – which one was that? I did see one with her in it. I thought that was The Ring or something. What was The Grudge one? It was one of those knockoff Japanese movies, wasn't it? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a spate of them in the early 2000s, wasn't it? They, yeah. were quite, they were quite popular at the time after The Ring. I thought, oh, what, yeah. what else have the Japanese people got? Let's yeah, no, I remember, I remember watching the, the grudge at your I think house. it was pretty terrible for memory, to, to be honest. I, I, I can barely remember it. No, but I think I had to drive back to my house <laughs> in the middle, like it was really late at night. Oh, no. <laughs> and I remember being a little bit freaked out. Well, it affected you. It must have done something right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. So, you do have to have a bit of suspension of disbelief in this episode because... How on earth she got both Cordelia and Buffy to the bronze without anyone seeing it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole of them floating in, in air would have looked a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, but also the fact that she could lift Cordelia through the roof like that as yeah. well. Oh, she probably only weighs like 20 kilos. Yeah, but Claire <laughs> Duval's pretty freaking tiny yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? She also got super strength? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Like, um,. Yeah, you really do have the and and pretty much her. What was her? It was look, listen, learn. Yeah. So what was that about? Was that, was there anything about that? Or that was just don't it? don't be mean and ignore people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that it? I guess. Okay. All right. I think that moves us to question time. Got those questions ready, Eddie? Question time. I hope that that answers a little bit uh, your, your question. <laughs> okay. Uh, which character was your favorite in this episode? I think I liked Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia was pretty good in this yeah, episode. But yeah. I kind of like the little psychotic Marcy. Yeah, Marcy. Yeah. yeah. Um, which character do you love to hate in this episode? Uh, probably go with oh, the boyfriend. Oh, Mitch. Yeah, I've got Mitch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because he's really – well, I'll say it's because he calls the gang losers after they saved Cordelia. And yeah. Oh, and she just says nothing about that too, by the way. No, <laughs> so no. He could probably th- almost throw her under the bus on that one saying, uh, like he, does, he doesn't know about it, so maybe it, that could be fair enough. Oh, but he tells Because she was actually there, so yeah. – she didn't actually say, hey, hang on. Well, it is that thing where it just goes to, you know, Buff, like she, not Buffy, um, Cordelia just goes straight back into her old ways. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a little glimmer there where you think, oh, is she coming she's, around? She's gonna, and then she's, she's like, grow. oh, no, no, screw you guys. Yeah. She's going to grow. She's going to change. But no, it's a bit more of a slow process with Cordelia. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What was the most memorable fight scene? Uh, I guess memorable would be the the floating baseball bat, maybe yeah, the, yeah. the the point of view shot, POV shot that they did. Yeah. Sam Raimi, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I I did like the one in the um 
I know it's a bit cliche, you know, Buffy has to use her spidey senses to, <laughs> to yeah. that also comes back into to it as well. Okay. Um, I, I thought she was going to do something with the glitter. Like, there was all glitter everywhere. I thought she was going to, like, throw that everywhere. But yeah. No. That would have been too expensive to have, like, a glitter CGI body there or something. Yeah, probably. It's just easier to wrap someone in a, in a, <laughs> in a cloth. <laughs> um, also, I should point out, like, in that class, like, the invisible, like, with all the invisible kids, do you think they should have, like, put, like, wristbands on them or something? Like, so... Because they can't see each other. Like, how did she know that that seat was free? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, well, like, I-, I need you to get all the way off my back about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The logistics of having, like, all those invisible kids all in one spot. Hmm. And how did the government know about it as well? I guess they just... Knew about it. I just knew about it. I guess you're just going to have to get off my back about that. (laughs) Okay. Let me get off that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you get off that thing? Um, uh, LOL moment. I think the LOL moment in this episode was possibly Cordelia at the start talking about uh, Shylock and and mentioning how hard she's had it with. Can I read it out? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. go on, Eddie, okay, read it out. Okay, so I've got the whole thing here, and it's like, well, how about colour me totally self-involved? Miss Miller responds with, care to elaborate? Cordelia, yeah, with Shylock, it's all wine, wine, wine. Like the whole world is about him. He acts like it's justice him getting a pound of Antonio's flesh. It's not justice, it's just yicky. Miss Miller responds with, but has Shylock suffered? What, what's his place in Venice society? Uh, Willow responds with, well, everyone looked down on him. Cordelia responds with, that is such a twinky defence. Shylock should get over himself. People who think their problems are so huge craze me like this. Like this time I sort of ran over this girl on her bike. It was the most traumatizing event of my life. And she is trying to make it all about her leg. Like my pain meant nothing. <laughs> oh, Cordelia. Oh, that's so great. And bringing up the Twinkie defense. Do you know what the Twinkie defense is, Jared? The Twinkie defense was a defense used by a San Francisco mayor or part of the, the council, whatever you call, uh, the guy who murdered that Harvey Milk Harvey guy. Milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he murdered, I think he murdered two people actually, but he mentioned that part of his defense was that he had changed the diet. And, and he it, had too it much consisted sugar. consisted of sugar. In. And yeah, uh, it didn't work. Uh, but it was forever known as the Twinkie event defense. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. infamous Twinkie defense. Yeah, um, my favorite. Are mo- you crazy? Uh, my LOL moment had to be with Principal Snyder, um, and it's sort of done in this way where they kind of make it sound like um, Mitch is dead, but then Principal Snyder, you hear him respond with "Dead? Of course not dead." What are you, ghouls? There are no dead students here this week. This week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Almost being a little meta there as well. Yeah. And I think I think uh, when the student fell down the stairs, <laughs> yes. you know, she did? No. Oh, thank God. Not again. <laughs> yes. 
Um, who gets the wooden spoon? Um, the wooden spoon, I guess. Maybe, I guess Willow and Xander sort of maybe get joint spoons. They just they don't really do a do a lot. I feel. Yeah, in this one, in this one, I have to give it to Xander Willow and Giles for falling for that stupid ass trap, <laughs> the stupidest trap. Like it actually had trap written all over it. Yeah, it had, this is not a trap written on it. <laughs> yes, it literally had this is not a trap written on it, <laughs> and it's just you know played for humor with Xander going uh, gulp. <laughs> oh, and uh, I think there was a little scene in there when he passes out and he, I think his head whacks Willow in the face and you, you see a kind of like smirk when it happens. I'm sure that wasn't, that was a, a blooper there that they just sort of left in. Like when he passes out and well, his they, head just Well, they whacked. didn't actually have the budget to well, they probably did, it. Well, they probably didn't notice it. They probably said, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll do. You know, that's, you know, 300 takes and that was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Favorite scene? Um, I guess the climactic scene at the end was probably the best scene. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I kind of liked that little um moment Buffy and Cordelia have in the hallway, where Cordelia goes on about, you know, people, you know, being lonely, mm. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Saying that her life isn't yeah. all that's cracked up. There's no aphrodisiac like loneliness, is there? <laughs> But yeah, it, you know what is it? You think I'm not lonely because I'm so cute and popular? And I think in the last episode, you you also saw that Cordelia's biggest fear was losing her popularity. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's why. And then you see in this one that she works really hard to be popular. Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah, <laughs> to stay at the top because you can only go down. Yeah. Uh, least favorite scene. I was thinking about that scene which is in the classroom and the flashback one and the hand goes invisible, like kind of like Back to the Future. Um, yeah, that seemed a bit weird, that one, I think. Can we go with that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like the, the government, the X-Files guys coming along, taking Macy and then it never, ever, ever coming up ever again. Mm. And you see him throughout the episode like, look, looking really sus in the background. Yeah, but how did they not... Suits and sunglasses just standing they there. Also, how did they also not see her? Like, how did they not see Macy carrying two bodies? Yeah. I must have been watching the place. Um, favorite, favorite quote? Uh, favorite quote, it was between Giles and Cordelia when they're inside the, in the library and... Uh, Giles says to her, you know, I don't recall ever seeing you here before. And Cordelia replies, oh, no, I have a life. (laughs) Actually, mine is again in the library, but it's between Angel and Giles. Um, And this is also the first time Angel and Giles meet. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice introduction. Um, And Angel, like they're talking about the invisible girl and Angel says to him, looking in the mirror every day and seeing nothing there. It's an overrated pleasure. <laughs> mm, everyone's feeling a little lonely in this episode. Oh, <laughs> well, it's also the fact that he can't see his reflection. I know, but it's yeah. I think it's playing on that loneliness as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Who's the MVP of the episode? Well, it has to be Buffy. Okay, yeah, Buffy. <laughs> Names in the title. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes other people do save the day, but in this one, like she's the one who works it out. She works everything out. Yeah. 
like pretty quickly, yeah, like and really quickly. And then Giles goes, he has his little light bulb, of course, moment, mm. and he's it's like it's metaphysical, <laughs> the best Cordelia freak out moment. Uh, when she's getting changed, I guess, and she gets taken up through the duct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. No, it does. I definitely have to say it's the one where she walks into the library going. It's all about me. Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she comes in going, Mitch, Harmony, Miss Miller. It's all about me. Me, me, me. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, and what do you rate this out of 10? Uh, can I give it three uh, warm guns? <laughs> Happiness happy- is a warm gun. <laughs> three happy warm guns <laughs> out of 10. Yeah. All right. I'll give it six flying baseball bats. No, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, again, you didn't like this episode? No, not really. No. <laughs> not liking it no. at all. I've got a long way to go, Eddie. A long yeah. way to go. Um, and the next episode to come will be Prophecy Girl, which Prophecy is the Girl. season final. The season finale. Is it here already? Yes. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, no. Short I can't season. believe it. Short season, this. Uh, well, it's been a journey. This one is, yeah. Looking forward to it. So, who are we, Eddie? We are Nerd Subculture. Right. So, like, subscribe. We've got a TikTok now. Do we? Yep. Oh, we've got a TikTok now. What's a TikTok? <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. <laughs>